when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry DePoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Soto Mojo Podcast. This is Colby Patnode, and I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how you doing today? I mean, it's always a good day when we uh, when we got a trade to talk about. I mean, come on. Jerry, Jerry just loves to give us content. Sure does, um, and it is much appreciated. Um, if you guys uh, haven't heard, and I'm assuming most of you are listening to this after the Padres game, uh, and I'm sure they'll talk about it on the broadcast. Um, but the Mariners have made a trade. They have acquired uh, right-handed pitcher Mike Wright uh, from the Baltimore Orioles for Ryan Organ. Uh, Ogren. Ogren, thank you. Um, he's an infielder right now. He's playing for uh, West Virginia. He was drafted last year. Um, kind of a light-hitting infielder. But, uh, Ty, you wrote, the, uh, you wrote the piece on SotoMojo.com about Mike Wright. So, uh what did you uh, learn in the short uh, period we've had to uh, figure out who this guy is? Well, um, I've been aware of him mainly because he uh, he pitched against the Mariners a couple times over the last couple of years and has been bad against them. So I remember him from that, uh, not very fondly. <laughs> but um, yeah, he you know he's a former third round pick in 2011. Uh, the the Orioles drafted him as a starter. It didn't really work out for him as a starter, so they converted him to a reliever, and he's still struggling. Uh, off to a, another poor start this year. Ten appearances. Four of those starts, he's given up two or more runs. Or four of those appearances, he's given up two or more runs. Um, it's, uh, yeah, he, he's, it's really just, a, uh, he's struggling with his command. It's not really his stuff. His stuff is pretty nice. He can top out at 96 on his fastball, but his, mainly been sitting at 93 ish 93 94 um he's also uh completely abandoned his curveball which he featured over the last few years uh he's completely abandoned that and is now throwing a cutter um that he developed i believe last year so um he's a fastball slider cutter guy um that those are the three pitches that he's featuring the most it seems uh, that's at least what I've, I've gathered from online. Um, and uh, it's really just a matter of command. So clearly, the Mariners see something in him. Uh, that's why they're making this trade. They could have easily, you know, gone out and got uh, <clears throat> gotten someone like A.J. Ramos off of the market or, um, or just gone somewhere into the farm, maybe give Art Warren a chance. Uh, but instead, uh, they... Uh, they go out and get right, and clearly it's because they see something. Sure. Um, you know, we have a lot of people asking us, well, what is it that they see? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, you know, you look at his baseball savant page and the fastball velocity, like you mentioned, it's above average. Um, spin rate's below average, though. The K rate's below average. Exit velocity is in the seventh worst percentile. So uh-huh. 
there's really not anything in the numbers that says he's great. I know in the press release that they mentioned, um, they had mentioned that. Uh, sorry, they had mentioned that uh, he had like three really terrible outings, and the rest of the outings he was really good. Uh, so I don't know if that's just them spinning things or what have you. But like you mentioned, the fastballs up to ninety six um, didn't really cost him anything. Um, nothing too uh, crazy, anyways. Nothing that you can't easily replace. Uh, and the bullpen is still a work in progress. So, you know, if you're going to get a guy like this, uh, you know, for basically nothing, then why not? I, I guess I would say that, uh, you know, we, we have seen what they've done already with Connor Sadzik, who uh, was really struggling with his command. And since he's come to Seattle, he's been much better. And they seem to have found a, a tweak in his mechanics, his arm slot, something um, that has shown already that he is uh, he could be a very useful bullpen piece. So uh, we'll see if that's part of what they're looking for. I just I, I to be honest with you guys, I don't know. Um, I don't have enough information. I haven't seen him pitch nearly enough to know. Uh, so I can't really answer that question for you. Yeah. Um, I think, you, you know, uh, the, the term change of scenery gets thrown all, around a lot with guys who are struggling that get traded. I think that's, uh, I think it's best suited for relievers because you see this happen a lot for relievers where they, they go to another place and teams see something in them that they can alter, see these you know, maybe a relatively easy change that can put uh, a you know a reliever on a better course. Uh, you saw that. Uh, you know, one one example that pops into my mind is uh, Hansel Robles with uh, with the Angels. He was abysmal for the Mets, um, and then he goes to Anaheim, and he's a pretty solid reliever for them. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I you know these things can happen. Um, and again, clearly they see something and right to make them make this deal because again, they could have gone out and signed someone like AJ Ramos if they really wanted to get a, um, you know, a veteran reliever that, um, can eat up innings for them. And another thing on right is right can go multiple innings. Um, I think now with, you know, going into the season, Elias was kind of your long man, but now Elias has submitted himself as more of a high leverage late inning uh, reliever. And, you know, maybe that's what they were looking for. Maybe they were looking for someone that could take on a bulk of innings that's not chasing Bradford. Right. Well, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the Mariners choose to use Mike Wright. Maybe they found something uh, that remember that Brandon Brennan was a pretty average double-A, triple-A starting pitcher. Uh, the Mariners analytics department found him, loved his changeup, uh, and the Mariners are finding great success with Brandon Brennan, uh, basically by telling him to ditch everything but the fastball and the changeup. So um, <clears throat> we'll wait and see. Like I said, we never know. They didn't give up anything ex- uh, extravagant. Um, so what the uh, – what this deal is really going to come down to, though, is how do they clear a roster spot for Mike Wright? Uh, they do not have to clear a 40-man spot. The 40-man roster was at 39 
uh, prior to this acquisition. Um, so now they'll be at a full 40. Um, but they will have to make a move to get him on the big league roster. He doesn't have any options left, so he will be joining the Mariners um, sometime during the Texas series. So I guess, you know, this just leads to the question, who's uh, who just lost their job? It's probably uh, Jason Bradford, who just came yeah. off of the uh, the IL. He is um, the only pitcher or only reliever that the Mariners have that has options. So that's going to be the guy, um, probably, I would assume. They won't make that move today. Um, it'll be tomorrow or, uh, or um, Friday, uh, whenever Wright reports to the club. I would assume it'll be tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's probably going to be Bradford. Um, but you know, that leads into our second topic of the day is he's not the only guy that has to go because Friday they're bringing up justice Sheffield. Right. So that's when things get a little more complicated. Um, I would assume that it's probably going to be Sean Armstrong because he's just been struggling. Um, Mm -hmm. he will have to be DFA'd and you're, probably going to lose him considering the state of most bullpens around the league there's probably going to be one team that at least wants to take a shot at him um so that's unfortunate the other option um is that they could send down eric swanson and uh have um just a bullpen day on on sunday um and that could be started by right Sure. His last his last appearance was three and a third. Um, I think he could give you four innings if you ask him to. So uh, that could be the play there if you don't want to lose Armstrong. Um, but it is pretty complicated. Yeah, I think uh, you know we talk about obviously the big news will be uh, Justice Sheffield is coming up. He's going to make his debut uh, with the Mariners at least on Friday. Uh, which, you know, pretty much the consensus number one Mariners prospect this year. Uh, we had him number one, um, and we're going to get to see him. He's been struggling in Tacoma so far this year. He had a better outing last time out, um, but really struggling with the fastball command in particular. But when he comes up, that'll certainly be something fun to watch. But uh, as you mentioned, there is going to be a roster crunch here. Uh, the Mariners are already, you know, working with a three-man bench. So uh, sending down a bat really isn't an option. Uh, so it's going to have to be an arm. Uh, Chase and Bradford, like you said, you can send him down when Wright gets here and not really worry about it. Um, he'll go back down to AAA. And, you know, Chase and Bradford's a decent reliever, but he's not something that is going to be – amazing so uh if you think mike wright has even a little bit more upside than bradford then you should use mike wright um over bradford because bradford is what he is he's just kind of a fifth sixth inning type of guy um throws strikes for the most part nothing too spectacular um and honestly those guys are kind of a dime a dozen so uh, i think chasing bradford is going to uh is going to go down for mike wright um, and then, like you mentioned, on Sunday, I think there is some appeal to sending down Eric Swanson. Um, but if you do send him down, remember, you have to keep him 
in AAA for 10 days. Um, so he, depending on how you, uh, depending on how you work the uh, system here, you might be able to, he might only have to miss one start, but he's probably going to miss two. I don't think you want to do that. So for me, it's Armstrong or Garen, uh, just because they, I know I know people seem to really like Armstrong. I don't see it particularly. I like he's yeah, fine. I don't see it yeah, I don't yeah. see it either. He's fine. He's probably just another fifth, sixth inning guy. Um, so I think he probably DFA him. And if he scoots through waivers, great. You put him in Tacoma, let him work some stuff out. Um, and if he doesn't, well, you clear a forty man spot, and uh, you have. David McKay still, you still have Chase and Bradford at that point down in Tacoma. It just, I, I don't know. We'll see what they decide to do. I, I don't think they want to DFA Armstrong. I just don't know if they have any other options um, aside from sending down Swanson, um, which I suppose if they do today, um, he would be able, he would miss his start on Sunday, which is, Let's see. Do some quick math on the air because that's always fun to do. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So he would be back on April fourth, um, which would put him one day short of uh, one day short of his next start. So um, I I don't have the Mariners schedule in front of me. I guess it's possible there's a day off in there. Um, and they could push the, uh, they could push him back that way. But I think DFA and Armstrong's the move. Yeah. I agree. Um, I guess there's a pretty good chance Sheffield goes right back down on Saturday or Friday. Um, so we'll see. Like it just, Bradford's going down, uh, on, uh, Friday or Saturday, whenever uh, Wright reports. But uh, they're going to have to make two moves because they're going to have to. So, yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's Armstrong goes. Armstrong gets DFA. Bradford goes. Uh, gets demoted. Yeah. So. Yeah. If only they could have made this trade like two days later. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Um, oh. Well. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I don't really see the the whole Sean Armstrong thing anyway. I don't, I don't really get it. I don't get why people are so enamored with him. Like, even in September, I wasn't all that impressed. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I'm not bothered by it. By the way, uh, the Mariners do have a day off on Monday, so technically, if they send Swanson down today. He could be recalled on uh, his not his next start on Sunday, but the start on Saturday uh, that he would sure. make. So uh, that is a that is definitely a possibility. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, aside from just the two guys we talked, aside from Armstrong and the two guys Bradford and McKay that we've talked about, Sam Tui Valala is isn't too far off right now at this point. Um, also, Hunter Strickland is going to come back at some point. So it's not like if you DFA Armstrong and you lose him, you won't have options coming down the road. Um, yeah. Plus, you got you got you know the the younger relievers. Art Warren's probably going to going to get an opportunity at some point. You would assume. Um, right. Why Mills? Re- right. Those yeah. would both require forty man moves, but 
yeah. it's not like the Mariners are short of guys that they can drop off their 40 man. So, yeah. um, and also if they really need a 40 man, they could, uh, they could put, um, Tui Valala on the 60 day DL that opens up a 40 man spot right there. IL, whatever. Uh-huh. So, um, we'll see how they, uh, they manage all that. We will have an answer to that. Uh, I would assume by tomorrow, uh, Kikuchi. So, Maybe Saturday they wait another day with Wright, and then that way they only have to make one move tomorrow. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah. All right. So that's um, kind of the Mariners roster shakedown right now. Um, a couple moves are going to be coming. Uh, but I do want to talk about somebody who is not necessarily earning their roster spot right now. Um, and that's uh, Malik Smith, who is just struggling mightily at the plate. And last night he made a huge defensive blunder, um, you know, basically gave the Padres a home run uh, in two extra runs, which played a pretty big uh, role in the loss last night. So um, it's just, I mean, what do you do with Malik Smith, man? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's it's really it's a really delicate situation, especially because yeah, he has options, but if you send them down, who are you bringing up? Braden Bishop, probably not. Um, yeah, so it's you you kind of just have to you know let him figure it out. But I mean, considering that you're they're what six games over five hundred right now, they're mm-hmm. You know, they're uh, half a game, or no, 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 no. They're they're leading the division still, right? Yeah, by yeah. half a game. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's such a weird position because you're trying to win, but you're also in this year where you're just trying to let your players develop, and Malik's is one of those guys that needs time and needs those at bats, and would sure. definitely benefit from seeing that in Tacoma, but. Again, you don't really have anyone else to bring up. So I really don't know what the solution is. Um, obviously, he looks like a guy that, that missed a lot of spring training. And right now, I think your best option would be to trade for someone and let him go to Tacoma for a few weeks. And right. uh, and just, you know, and live with, with Mitch Hanniger as your center fielder for about a month. And just have whoever you trade for, you know, kind of come in and supplement for a little bit. Because, you know, and the reason why I say that is because clearly Jerry has not been afraid to trade this uh, early on. You know, that's the one thing that we haven't really seen him do is make trades early on in the season. And you really don't see that from any team. And he's already made four since the start of the the season. Really? Four? It's been four. let Let me see if I can name them all. Okay. Um, Sadzik. Yep. Right. Yep. Murphy. Uh huh. And is this since the Oakland trip or? Since the Oakland trip. Hmm. All right. Um. The other one's kind of a minor trade. Oh. Uh. Uh. Yeah, I'm going to sit here forever and not remember. Who's the fourth trade? Oh, yeah, yeah, the David Freitas for, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, yeah, four <laughs> trades before the end of April. There you go. Jerry's putting in that work. Yeah. So, 
uh, yeah, I mean, so if he's already made four trades, he could probably, he's probably going to uh, find right. a fifth for 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 a center fielder, or, uh, some sort of outfielder. I think that that would be my preferred um, situation um, because I mean it's just hard to balance, you know, giving uh, your young players time, but also trying to compete. Um, right. So I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I, and I don't really have a name that really jumps out to me as a guy that they could go out and target. I would assume it's someone from a team that's already mailed it in. Right. Um, so maybe Baltimore again. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know who the hell they have, but <laughs> you right. know, uh, yeah. And so that's, um, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's it's a really tough situation. It is. Um, you know, and certainly nobody should be willing to give up on Malik Smith long term at this point. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it's April 24th. Um, there's no the guys coming off a 360 on pace percentage year last year or whatever. Um, this man have even been higher. Um, you know, even in his even in you know, the years that weren't his breakout year, he was still a solid contributor. Um, so I think we can reasonably expect that to be the case in the long term. But right now it is just uh, absolutely brutal to watch um, by, uh, by the way, by fan graphs, uh, defensive score. Malik Smith is the worst center fielder in baseball. Um, he ranks 23rd out of the 23 qualified uh, center fielders and defensive score. Um and, you know, it's, it's interesting about that is that really you think about it. I, I don't, Smith hasn't looked terrible in center to me. Um, obviously, the balls that keep, you know, coming out of his glove uh, as he's in the air are a bit annoying. But two of them were home runs that he brought back. And the last one last night was the exact opposite. It was a out that he turned into a home run. Um I just, you know, Malik Smith has always been, and we've said this when they were when they acquired him, he's probably a left fielder. Um, that's probably his best position. The Mariners don't have a better option at center field, um, so it's kind of, uh, you know, they're kind of stuck. Like you said, they, Braden Bishop, if he came up, he would give you better defense than Malik Smith. There's no question about that. Braden Bishop is a legit top top third of the league center fielder defensively. Uh, the question is, are you going to get anything better from the bat? And also how is Malik's going to respond to being sent down um, at 26 years old, you know? Um, so there certainly are some, uh, quite a few uh, issues to work around there. Um, I think their only choice is probably to keep playing Malik's and hope that he figures this out. Um, but I don't think we're too far away from the point where you have to wonder, is it better for the player um, to get him away from the big leagues for a while to work on some things? Because he has not been, he just hasn't been good. I, there's really no way around it. Um, yeah. yeah. Bats look bad. Uh, like I said, the defense, the metrics on the defense are just absolutely, absolutely terrible. Um, he's striking out 29% of the time 
almost 30% of his at-bats earning in strikeout right now. The 278 on base, a 58 WRC+. plus. Um, we're getting dangerously close to the territory where Braden Bishop is highly unlikely to do any worse, and he'll at least provide defense for you. Um, yeah. But obviously, again, the reason to not do that is, A, Malik Smith is a 26-year-old veteran who's proven that he can play at the big league level. Um, and you don't know how he's going to react to being sent down at this point. And B, since you're not trying to win this year or you're, you know, you're not trying to compete for a playoff spot this year, and there's really no reason to rush Braden Bishop to fill a gap at the big league level because as well as Braden Bishop has been playing in AAA, uh, he's been down there for two weeks. I think he's got 15 games at the AAA level. Um, yeah. Are you, is he really ready to play in the big league? So um, it's frustrating, and I'll continue to to uh, rant in during the game whenever Malik takes a bat at bat, which is pretty much every single time right now. Um, but I don't think there's really much you can do uh, other than just kind of wait it out. Yeah, I mean, let's say like this continues to go on for another month. I think at that point it's it's acceptable to bring up Braden Bishop, um, right. but right now, yeah, you can't do that um, because that's that's not only going to hurt the development of Braden Bishop. That's also you know, it, it, like you you alluded to, it might hurt your relationship with with Malix, um, right. and so you you this is it's a it's a very very delicate situation. And I'm not saying that Malix is uh, is you know a uh, hot-headed you know person that's you know just all about him and you know is going to throw a tantrum if he gets sent down. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he has bad character, but you know that that's a that's quite the news to hear, especially when you're on a team that has publicly said that they're taking a step back this year. Right. Um. If they're not willing to just stick with you, but you know, obviously, I think you know Tacoma would be best for him because it's just there's no pressure whatsoever. He can just go down there, and you know, and it'll probably only be for a couple weeks, maybe a month, and just he can just work on his on on himself because he needs that time. You know, he missed all of spring training. You know, he only played in what three spring training games. Yeah. Four spring training games, including the the ones at Safeco or T Mobile. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, he he needs that time, and uh, you know, and you're going to see a similar uh, similar situation with um, with Kyle Seager when he comes back. Yeah. It's just when you miss when you miss that time, you are not going to perform very well, and um, and that's what we're seeing with Malix, and that's not really his fault. It's just. You know, it's just his preparation. And um, he just didn't have the time for that this right. spring. Uh, and so, you know, I don't think that his season is doomed whatsoever. I think he can right the ship. It might take a couple more months and it might take a trip down to Tacoma. But I think at some point you'll see the Malik Smith that Jerry DePoto traded for before the year is out. Right. And to be fair, we did see uh, little pieces of it early in the year. 
in his first week or so. Um, Alex Smith was, he looked good. You know, he looked like a guy who hadn't missed, uh, you know, hadn't missed basically six weeks. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a situation to monitor. Like I said, I don't think there's really any solution right now. Um, if Jerry DePoto were to go out and trade for a, a four, a outfielder, um, basically another Ben Gamble type, then yeah, you send down Malik Smith and you don't, and Hanniger's probably your center fielder most of the time. And you put Bruce out and left and you put, uh, Santana in, in right and you just kind of live with it. So, um, but barring that, I don't really see much of, uh, I don't see much of a change coming to the Mariners. Uh, I'll throw out a name there uh, uh, real quick. Uh, Rymel Tapia from uh, Colorado. Right. Are they still interested in trading him, though? I don't know. I mean, he's with the big league club, and he's doing okay. But that seems like... Uh, I mean, I, I would assume he's their fourth outfielder right now. So, And they're, and they're not playing very well. I don't know. Might might right. be an option. That's just you know that's one of that's one of those guys that just kind of makes sense. It kind of fits that mold of what the Mariners usually look for in those kinds of deals. Um, right. So we'll see. Yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you another name. Same organization, Noel Cuevas. Yeah. Um, he's yeah, twenty six years old. He's not, you know, really good AAA numbers, but he hits in a batter in a hitter's park. He's got a cup of coffee at the big league level. Hasn't gone that well, but he can play some defense. Um, you know, he's not going to kill you in the batter's box. So um, I think maybe that's a guy who might make some sense. Although I guess he is on the uh, injured list right now. Um, so, but somebody in that in that general mold um, could be the move. But for now, I think it's just you know Malik's and uh, hope for the best. So, yeah. Uh, so I think that's about going to wrap up our portion. Uh, we do have one question that we got um, from our. Uh, we got one question from our good buddy Oliver. Uh, he wants to know which traded player would you bring back to the Mariners if you had a chance. Uh, and I should uh, I should preface this by saying that. Uh, trade costs must be a factor in this. So if, for example, if you're sitting there right now thinking Edwin Diaz, obviously, okay, but you're going to have to give up, you know, the package that it would actually cost to get Edwin Diaz. You're not just magically getting this player back. You actually have to trade for him. Um, at least that's how I'm interpreting the question. And I think it's more fun that way. So that's what we're going to roll with. Um, mm-hmm. For the record, uh Oliver says that he would pick uh, Steve Ciszek, who I think is a pretty interesting choice. So, um, yeah. Ty, you've uh, you've had a day to think about this. Uh, did you come up with somebody? Well, I actually came up with someone right after we uh, after we recorded yesterday and saw the question. Um, Cattell Marte. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think right now with where the Mariners are and they're and really lacking um, speed, athleticism, and defense, Cattell Marte gives you all three. And he's probably not going to come that uh, that expensive too, so uh, I think he's a very affordable option for the Mariners. I would like to see that. Um, he gives you plenty of flexibility. They've been using him in the outfield, and he's been doing okay. Um, I I really like uh, Marte. Um, he's not, you know, 
he's not a high-end, you know, type of player. You know, it's not like he became a superstar since he left Seattle. Um, But he was a a two-and-a-half win player last year for the Diamondbacks. And he's off to a pretty decent start this year. Not really with the bat, but defensively, he's been really good. Um, So I would would love to see uh, Marte back. I think he would fit great for what they need. Sure. Um, You know, there's a few interesting names uh, for me. Uh, Mike Montgomery um, hasn't been spectacular since the Mariners traded him, but hasn't been bad. Um, he's just kind of another arm, but he is a guy who has starting experience, which could help. Um, he can come out of the bullpen and pitch multiple innings. That could really help. Um, so Montgomery, to me, makes some sense. Uh, again, he's not going to cost really anything at all. Um, so that would make some sense to me. Um <laughs> Justin Smoke, which doesn't make any sense, but I just I really like Justin Smoke. I was talking about him last year. I was talking about him this offseason until they decided to uh, sell. Um, but Justin Smoke's turned himself into a really good hitter. Um, and unfortunately, though, the Mariners have like nine first basemen on their roster right now. So uh, not really a spot for him. So that would be that's that's unfortunate. Um. But yeah, Smoke and Montgomery are two guys that I, I would be semi interested in. Uh, another name, uh, Ben Gamble. Uh, I think right now with Malik Smith's struggles, Ben Gamble would be the perfect guy to have up. Um, you know, kind of play left field a little bit, play a little right. He can go to center field and not absolutely kill you for a couple innings and whatnot. Um, so all in all, I think at the end of the day, I'll land on Ben Gamble is kind of the guy. Um, but I'm certainly not upset that the Mariners traded him for uh, Domingo Santana. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think I think a guy like Ben Gamble is kind of the would be a really good fit for the Mariners right now. I'll give you another name, Tyler sure. O'Neill, and he, <laughs> and he and he fits the makeup of this team perfectly. Dingers and strikeouts, dingers <laughs> and strikeouts all day. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, plus he gives you. Uh, pretty solid defense too i think that would actually be a fit and i i would assume you know considering that he's kind of just gone up and down and up and down in his time with the cardinals i don't think he would cost that much um yeah i, I don't think don't... he'll cost i don't think he'll cost you a marco gonzalez <laughs> you know no no i i yeah. i mean he probably cost you i don't know i bet i bet um you know, you could get him back for someone in that shed long type of uh, area. Um, you know, I, I don't know the Cardinals roster all that well, um, so I don't know if shed long fits anywhere. Um, but I, I, I bet the Cardinals would at least listen to you if you came at them with an offer that started with shed long. Um, because O'Neill, as you mentioned, the prospect uh he was top 100 for a while. He's no longer considered a prospect. Um, but so far in the big leagues, he showed plus power, which we knew, and a buttload of strikeouts. In, in 2018, he struck out 57 times in 142 plate appearances. <laughs> he did hit nine dingers, um, put up a 500 slugging percentage, but a 303 on base. Um, off to a better start this year, kind of. Uh, 286, 310, 464. Uh, he's on the DL right or IL right now. Um, 
So we'll have to wait and see how long he's out. But he has already struck out 11 times in 29 plate appearances. So, um, yeah, uh, Tyler O'Neill striking out, hitting dingers. Um, he would he would be a really fun. Yeah, he would be a really fun player to have. I've always I always liked Tyler O'Neill. Um, he's you know he's quite the personality. Um, and uh, you know if you're the Mariners, a guy like O'Neill makes a lot of sense right now. Um, stick him in a corner outfield spot and uh, see if you got anything. And if you don't, you move on. So uh, Tyler O'Neill, that would be a lot of fun, actually. Um, I think we will add Tyler O'Neill to our traded day series list uh, (laughs) because why not? That would be, like I said, that would be fun. Um, So yeah, Tyler O'Neill is a good one. Um, Yeah. You know, honestly, the Mariners, you know, the common trope is that the Mariners trade people away and they get good. Uh, but when you start going through this particular exercise, there really aren't a ton of guys that you're like, yeah, that would, that would make sense. Uh, most of them are bullpen arms. Um, I guess another name, maybe you would consider Fernando Rodney. Um, yeah, but yeah, mostly just bullpen arms. Uh, so, and it's not like Jerry hasn't been able to find those guys in the past. So, um, I would say, you know, my top three would probably be um, Ben Gamble. I like to see Shaq call, and I also like to tell Marte, um, although Marte would cost, I mean, something of value. You're not going to get him for, you know. Sure. But, but I also don't think it's going to be, you know. Logan Gilbert. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, it's a good question. It's fun one to kick around. Um, we will certainly, I'm sure, be talking about uh, former Mariners as we get into June and July, and we start our traded day series, which we are going to be uh, be bringing back. I don't remember if I mentioned that in the last podcast, uh, but sometime after the draft, uh, our website will go into trade mode, um, and we will uh, bring you a one trade article a day, roughly. Uh, Give us some wiggle room. There might be some days where we don't have one, but uh, yeah, for the most part from, you know, draft day until the trade deadline, we're probably going to have an article up about a trade uh, candidate. And this year it'll be extra fun because we can both buy and sell. Um, We can kind of pick and choose. So um, that'll, that'll be uh, entertaining uh, for us at least. So is the, uh, is the waiver deadline gone this year? I do not know. Um, let me take a look at that. Let me Google something on the air, which is also a big no-no. Um, <laughs> not our best podcast today, I'll admit, but uh, what are you going to do? Um, some days or some days you just don't have your fastball. Um, yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I mean, well, last the last podcast that we did last week was pretty rough. So, I I think anything better than that one is a is a star, is a gold star in my book. So, right. Yeah. It's just you know, guys. It's just eventually there are lulls in the season, and as much as we like to think, oh, there's something to talk about every day, uh, you, you just kind of start running into these ideas where you're like, well, we kind of already talked about that. We've pretty much beaten that to death. Are we really going to talk about that again? You know, so just one of those days. Um, also, the Mariners lost last night. Very frustrating way. So that's kind of. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, and it's when we when we do our our recaps and stuff, it's like, well, the Mariners' defense was bad again. Right, <laughs> right. I just there's just not a ton of new takeaways that you can get uh, every single night. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, the uh, the trade deadline is just July 31st, starting this year. So, um, okay. which is annoying, but well, it means that there's probably going to be a lot more movement though, mm. and maybe. And maybe, maybe earlier on, maybe earlier on in the month, though. Like, maybe. Uh, um, by the way, there was a team that was going to get aggressive early and make a like a quote unquote big trade. It's going to be the Mariners. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if it does, it'll be Jerry DePoto. Um, and uh, that's just a good guess in general because it's Jerry DePoto. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I like I said, I think you and I have mentioned this a few times. If you can find another Denard's fan and Alex Colomay deal, you do it in a heartbeat, regardless of what your standing is uh, oh, in the standings. Dude, I, you just made me think of the solution. Send Alex down and sign Denard's fan. <laughs> well, Denard's fan has to uh, actually, you know, he has to a, well first he has to want to sign and B he's probably going to need a couple weeks in the minors to get his timing back and all that but uh, who cares man let's have fun team fun <laughs> <laughs> Denard's fan would be awesome um, yeah yeah but yeah. Uh, but yeah it's in, in all seriousness someone needs to sign Denard's fan for real that guy is good and does not deserve to be uh, to be in free agency uh, at the start of May. That's ridiculous. Someone go sign up, man. <laughs> it uh, is, but uh, man, you know, he he sounded pretty clear that he wanted to be a uh, he wanted to be on the uh, the East Coast. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you'd be interested, uh, but uh, yeah, sure, why not? I don't. I mean, he's a little Jay Brucey, only better. Um, <laughs> and doesn't strike out at curveballs below the knees. All right, he might actually take that for ball four once in a while. Boy, yeah. wouldn't that be something? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, um, real quick uh, before we wrap up, because the Mariners are about to uh, about to get to first pitch in about fifteen minutes. Um, Omar Narvaez looks absolutely fantastic. I just wanted to point yeah. that out. Um, yeah. You know, I think. One of us, we did a few bold prediction articles this winter, and I think one of us said he was going to be an all-star. I, I can't remember who. Um, and I, I do know for sure that uh, that about a month ago when we had uh, – it couldn't have been a month ago. Um, but when we had uh, Jason Churchill, Prospect Insider, on um, a few weeks ago, we all kind of came to the conclusion that, yeah, our Narvaez is going to be an all-star. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, if he's hitting 300 with a 500 slugging percentage, he will most definitely be there. And yep. there's a pretty good chance he plays his way right into the plans of the Seattle Mariners, even if it's not at catcher. So, yeah. um, you know, catchers are actually hitting a little bit to start the year, though. Uh, we, you know, we were talking about um, Narvaez yesterday and how uh, how successful he's been at the plate. And honestly, you know, looking at the... Um, at the catcher leader leaderboards right now, Wilson Contreras is slashing 322, 467, 712. Uh, yes, Monty Grindal is slashing 315, 386, 589. JT Real Muto is doing JT Real Muto things. 
Uh, Robinson Torinos has been pretty good. Uh, Jorge Alfaro has been pretty good. So there, hey, it's the rise of uh, it's a rise of uh, catcher bats. Yeah, at least in the National League. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At least, yeah, yeah. All all those guys except for Torinos are uh, National League guys. That's right. Um, by the way, the Mariners, according to Fangraphs, rank second in catcher war already. Um, Who's number one? Uh, the Cubs, Wilson Contreras. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, But, you know, Tom Murphy and Omar Narvaez have been uh, quite successful. So, yeah, Uh, just and I mean, you know, who's second in uh, or uh, sorry, third in catcher war in the American League. And this shows you how bad. No, Mike Zanino. That shows you exactly (laughs) how bad the American League is with their catchers. So right now you're probably looking at Omar Narvaez, Robinson Torino, because they carry three catchers in the in the All Star game, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be Narvaez, Torinos, and Zanino. <laughs> I'm, sure, <laughs> no. I'm sure Gary Sanchez will work his way into the conversation. I'm um, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they'll vote him in. <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, real fast, uh, F four wise, uh, the Mariners' first basemen are tied for fourth, uh, fourth highest F four. Uh, which is kind of interesting because you scan their offensive numbers real quick. They're not really up to snuff with the rest of them. So, oddly enough, the Mariners seem to be getting some kind of value defensively from their first baseman. Um, so, yeah, second base ranks ninth in baseball, um, tied for seventh technically. Um, so, they're getting value there. We'll go ahead and skip third base because I, Ryan Healy's depressing. Um <laughs> We'll, we'll skip left field. We'll skip the outfield because we kind of know that. Um, and, of course, the DH, the Mariners are number one. Yep. Uh, yep. They, the Mariners' DHs this year, which has pretty much been Encarnacion and Vogelback, uh, a 170 WRC plus right now. Ooh. Yeah. Mariners' DHs, 16.5% walk rate, 19.3% K rate. Um, and that's with only a 253 BAPIB. Um 270, 403, 603. Uh, that's all good for a WRC plus of 170. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you ever need any more proof that the Mariners are not built to win in the National League, particularly in Petco Park, there you go. So, yeah. speaking of Petco yeah. Park, the Mariners are about to uh, throw their first pitch here in about oh, 10 minutes or so. So, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Ty, you have anything you want to add before we officially sign off? Well, uh, just to continue on that DH uh, topic for real quick, uh, looking at Nelson Cruz right now, he's also been pretty good this year. But the Mariners uh, with uh, Encarnacion and Vogelback has just been that much better. Uh, Cruz right now slashing 298, 429, 526, uh, WRC plus of 155. It'd be nice to still have. I miss Nelson Cruz, but, you know, it was time to move on. Right, yeah. Um you know, honestly, we kind of expected that. We kind of suspected that Encarnacion, as long as he was here, was going to get pretty close to Nelson Cruz numbers. Um, so we didn't really expect that big of a drop off there. But it is nice to just see um, see work getting done uh, from two different guys, and even you know Jay Bruce hitting home runs that has some value. So um, you know, if he could just lay off that pitch below the knees, he might be okay. Um, but yeah, so, uh, 
unless you have anything else, Ty, I think we'll just go ahead and we'll just sign off this episode. You got any, anything else you want to add? Uh, well, tomorrow we're going to have a, a double podcast day. We're going to do a series preview for the Rangers series. And also we're going to do a special uh, Seahawks draft podcast because, you know, Colby and I are both um, big fans of the Seahawks as well as the Mariners. And uh, we're also pretty pretty big into the draft and everything so uh, and just the whole process and scouting and everything i've been into it for the last few years and i think colby's been into it for a while so so yeah so we're gonna we're gonna um do a a mock each for the for the seahawks and um also do a a head-to-head mock for the first round where we're just gonna go uh between each team and just make picks for each team uh so it should be fun so look forward to that um if you're a seahawks fan or just an nfl fan and um yeah so should be fun right that'll be two separate podcasts we'll do the mariners one um and uh we'll publish the mariners podcast and then the uh the draft podcast will just be a bonus um bonus podcast so uh if you guys aren't into the seahawks at all don't listen to it, I guess. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to our, I don't know, 45 grade podcast today. Um, mostly my fault, by the way. I just, I didn't have it today. Sorry, guys. Um, but uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you visit the website, sotomojo.com. Uh, you can learn a little bit more about Mike Wright. Um, we also, you can also learn a little bit more about Mariners pitching coach, Paul Davis. We still have our top five Mariners trades under the Jerry DePoto era article up as well. Um, if you guys want to get in contact with us, uh, either suggestions, ideas, questions, whatever, uh, the best way to do that is on Twitter at Soto Mojo FS. Uh, we also, uh, are on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can just search Soto Mojo and find us there. Uh, but again, the best way to get a hold of us, guys, is on Twitter at SotomojoFS. Uh, so give us a follow there. Um, and make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes uh, like this one, which was just so fantastic. Um, so make sure you guys <laughs> make sure you guys subscribe. And uh, if this is the first podcast you listen to uh, before you write a review, give us another chance. So um, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys, and I will see you in another life. Peace. Peace.